five, four, three, two, one. Off blast. This is uh, not rocket science podcast. We have a special guest today. He is so special, in fact, that he has done uh, the voice of the blue, uh, the blue man from uh, the blue Jesus man group. Uh, he did the voice for the blue man group. Uh, he did Colonel Sanders for Kentucky Fried Chicken or KFC in some circles. He is also the blue genie in Old Dixieland Tixie. Uh, and he was also the voice of Vincent Price from Old Vincent Price Town in Disney Hotel Hampison. And now he's got a big show coming up here. The Jim Impressions here at the Actors Studio in Sherman Oaks. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Meskimen. How do you feel, Jim? Was that the best you've ever heard? Yeah. Can I have a rebuttal? <laughs> yeah. You can. You he, sure I've never had right? a rebuttal for an introduction before. But Did he the, get that right? He massacred it, but it's fine. <laughs> what it's does fine. that mean, massacre? Good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Damn it's, it. It's from the Greek. It means uh, massacre. Anyway, oh, thank you for having me in, in your, your humble home. Thank you. And, uh, your, your lovely lumber yard. It's yes. great to be here. It's not rocket science. Not rocket science. Science. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Uh, actually, it's the Blue Genie, and I don't have anything to do with the Blue Man Group, but uh, I well, hear it's a great I, show. But don't and you the, think it's funny that you were the voice actor of the <laughs> Blue Man Group? Come on, folks. There's no voices. They <laughs> don't true? speak. Yeah, they don't, oh, they speak, don't speak at speak. all. Ah, okay. Everyone See, out there got Arcane it. knowledge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's an incredible voiceover actor. He's here with us. Thank you so much, Jim. <laughs> you're welcome. You're you're amazing. I mean, you've been the voice of Colonel Sanders. Yes, I have. I haven't done that quite often yeah. for the last uh, six, seven years for the KFC brand. The, you may know as a, as a chicken brand. Yeah, yeah it's had buckets of chicken and so forth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The voice of Ultron from Marvel. Marvel, yes, Marvel. Uh, as Avengers Assemble and many other video games. That's I provided so cool. the voice of Ultron. And uh, you were, you're the voice of Vincent Price for Disney Paris. Well, I did a little, yes, I did a little bit of uh, cosmetic work for that uh, Phantom Manor, which is the Disney Paris version of the Haunted Mansion. And uh, they had to update some of Vincent Price's voiceover, and so they gave me the nod to, to uh, say his role. <laughs> That's very good. So I I got it right, right? I feel all like that right, was a credits. perfect act. Anthony's, yeah. Anthony's No, that was list. perfect. Was well, a... Anthony is doing what Anthony does. What about that blue man? Everybody loves him. How about that blue man? That was honored. a perfect intro with Has you doing the... the characters within. I knew I could get it out of you two, <laughs> and that's what you call relaxing an actor. <laughs> That's a little trick <laughs> I learned in vaudeville. Has the Blue Man Group expanded? Do they, have they gone into like different colors and spread around? Because yeah, they could have a franchise: the Yellow Man Group, uh, the, the the Ochre Man Group. The Ochre. Oh. We're we're honored to have you, yes. Jim. Thank you Good for to being be here. here. Good to be here. All right, so you're incredible. You just demonstrated some so many different voices, which is a thank you, thank you, very well, cool yes. skill. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. It's great to be oh. other people. You know, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's Rob Williams back very, from the grave. Oh yes. <laughs> Was it a grave? I don't know. Was he cremated? I don't remember. It might be in a tomb somewhere. <laughs> um, anyway, it's That's it's so li- still too soon. Still too soon. It's been you know, it's been ten years. Oh, been ten wow. years since he passed. It seems like wow. a blink of an eye. That blink. does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, Nice to have you. And, back, and you and Robin. I met, and I've respected yeah. your work a lot. Yeah, Anthony, I don't really, I'm unaware of. but Nobody <laughs> respects me. Well, I'm sure we will eventually. <laughs> no. Maybe. So, yeah. Maybe we, when you're in a tomb sometime, we'll all say, oh, remember Anthony? Yeah. How terrific he was. Well, when I push the rocks away and I come back to life. <laughs> wow. You know, like How'd he do luck. that? How'd he do that? <laughs> he Resurrection. Pushed the, he pushed the rocks away using his enormous biceps. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, uh, how I originally discovered you is I was trying to figure out how to do impressions and right. I was just on YouTube and I was like, how do I do impressions? And then you're, you had a video of like, this is how you do impressions. And that's right. I found the, the Robert De Niro and how to, <laughs> how to do Robert De Niro. I teach people, you know, first you turn your mouth upside down. Yeah. And then you, you know, then you're not very impressed by things. And, <laughs> uh, you know, they're very, they're very significant steps that you So that's how you found me. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. That's how I found you. And yeah. then, and then we ended up uh, working together That's right. on a short film. Yeah. And then I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And uh, yeah, you yeah, we did a little. You taught me a little Jerry Seinfeld uh, um, 
impression, which I love. Thank Did you. I? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, uh, it's interesting to try to coach people in impressions is a really interesting uh, thing. And I've done it a bit with, with both you gentlemen and sure have. You know, with a few other people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, I have always just approached it very intuitively or naturally or whatever suits me. And uh, trying to teach other people is very interesting because you're, you're trying to you're trying to teach people basically to listen. And then to integrate their voice with what they hear so they turn that that recording that they have in their mind into sound that they then give up. And it's, you know, everybody's different. Mm. And people approach it in different ways and they have different strengths. And I was one of those kids who always did voices and accents and imitated people as a kid, always. And most of the big um, animation voices, these very versatile actors that we love and hear in cartoons and in movies and who are also great impressionists, most of them, they were the same kind of little boy that would like listen and imitate and make little recordings and have their cassette recorder and make little shows and endlessly and listen to themselves. And so they, they got really used to how they sound and then how to do just different things with their voice was like, it would be like a kid out on a basketball court who just knows how to do everything with the ball. They know how to do everything with the balls, if you will, in their throat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The don't, balls don't, in their throat? I, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> no, right I'm not don't, thinking of work. Let's, Whoa, let's keep this, this very civil. Where go? <laughs> um, so, uh, so as a kid, you did, uh, you did voices. What, what voices inspired you? Like what, um, oh, what were God, some good, things that you question. did? Oh, great question. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was kind of corny and, and uh, you know, old-fashioned in a way. I mean, I used to like to imitate news people and, and, and just kind of straight voices that I heard. I used to listen to a show... There was a guy named Elliot Mintz that had a show back in the, you know, in the 70s. And, and, and people talk radio. People would call up and talk to someone, and Elliot Mintz would take their calls, you know, and he had a kind of a mellow sort of FN sound. And people would call us, so, you know, uh, I, uh, I just uh, I wanted to raise the point that uh, on the 105 freeway, there's, a, you know. And these kind of real human peculiar voices always sort of interested me. Yeah. But I also had movie stars that I like to do. Like, uh, my favorite movie when I was growing up was, uh, for a while there, very intensely, was The Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> All right. I was devastated when it didn't sweep at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? That was it. I was, I was done with the Oscars Who's at that point. That? Gene Hackman. Oh, cool. The great Gene Hackman. And so I developed, even at age 13, this uh, Gene Hackman impression, which you are too young to realize how awesome this impression is. No, it's great. I but, love uh, Gene Hackman. This is what Gene Hackman... Gene Hackman's still alive. I don't know. He probably watches your podcast right now. Oh, hey, definitely. Gene. I'm pretty sure hey, he Gene. does. You know, and he, he writes historical fiction now. He's in his 90s, but uh, he was a huge actor. He was he was like the John C. Riley of his day. Sure. Oh, Let's yeah. I think that's amazing. a comparable movie star. And uh, although I don't think Gene Hackman ever sang in anything. But um, so I love Gene Hackman and I love... Uh, Dustin Hoffman also. Dustin Hoffman was just coming into his own, and he had a peculiar kind of way of holding his voice back, which I thought was really <laughs> interesting. You know, I thought it was really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's you, really You cool. grew up here in California, correct? Yeah, yeah just yeah. down the road where I'm yeah. living now in Tarzana. I've been a Tarzana resident most of my life. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen things change, Anthony. I tell you what, <laughs> when I was a little boy, there was always horse crap on the streets. No joke. <laughs> No joke. Just not horses a, running around. Not a joke. Not a joke. It's a Joe Biden statement. No, no. Yeah, hold, hold it. Wait a Yeah. What, what are you saying? <laughs> what about the blue man group? Uh, I don't need. Uh, oh. They don't talk. I know that. I know <laughs> that. A, that's where the blue states and the red states and the, blue, the red man group. Yeah. The red it's, man group. It's amazing how you can switch voices so quickly. Is mm. that. Is that something that took a while to to hone, or is that something that I just guess so with practice? Like yeah, it, it's all practice, and so that practice. took a while. It took a while. That's my my life has been quickly adapting to things. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a hard answer to uh, a qu a question to answer because you hard answer to answer, and mm. how just because you've done it since you're a little kid, so it's probably very natural to be able to do a bunch of voices all very day. natural. And yeah. in my family growing up, it was very natural. It was coin of the realm to do voices and accents. My mom's an actress. My, my sister was an actress, and now she's a, a showrunner. And 
a producer, and so you know my my brother-in-law is an actor. Everybody was, is a showrunner, and uh, my wife and my daughter. So you know, we—it's it's no big deal. In other words, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you're expected to be able to suddenly, when you tell a story, to imitate the person that was, you know, in the scene or whatever, you know, you encountered. That's that's very common, and I'm sure it is with a lot of families. So, but yeah, I, I also had the good fortune of being in an improv company in New York City for about ten years, where they definitely exploited my ability to do uh, celebrity voices and nice. to change very rapidly. And yeah. That was fun for audiences. So I would do a, a bit every week where I would uh, do a, you know, a biopic of a, a famous person in history, a famous man in history, and then the audience would call out celebrities, and I would change that, that the action to be, you know, as that person would do it. So I'd go from Matthew McConaughey playing George Washington saying, <laughs> I'm the father of this country, so when I say it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to bed. That's awesome. <laughs> and then uh, you know, John C. Riley, I mentioned John C. Riley, so he too would say, I didn't chop down the apple tree. I think I, <laughs> I, think I wrecked it. <laughs> uh, so that, that allowed me to, to drill and practice and, and get uh, g- gain confidence. You know, yeah. an actor needs confidence. An actor has to feel like, I can handle this, you know. Mm-hmm. Throw something at me. I'm com- I'm comfortable, and you can trust me with it. I can trust myself with the assignment. That's awesome. That's that's. So, would you say your first kind of performance was it was improv, uh, performing in front of people? What was your first performance? You know, I was really super shy. I had an impulse yeah. to perform. I had a desire to perform. I wanted to like sing, and, and I remember very well in Tarzan, in my home where I live now, wanting to sing a song forget what the song was but anyway i wanted to invite the kids from the neighborhood over and then i got into i found i was very good at marketing so i could get kids to come over but then i was <laughs> too shy to perform uh. i was like t- i was suddenly like oh when i realized they were there or they were coming i was like Ooh, and i just shut down and it was like okay the show's canceled yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, we can't so you had you know, stage fright stage fright yeah. serious stage fright and so uh uh, but my impulse was to perform, and then later, you know, I got over it. But um, it took a while. But um, I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to make people laugh and feel better. Uh, and so, but really, I, I, it was a while before I got into a position where I could do it a lot enough to to really feel like comfortable with it, like I was getting done what I needed to get done. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. So I did plays in high school, and I did plays in college. Uh, but I wasn't in the the theater department in college, which was I think an advantage. I was kind of a ringer that they could pull in because I could do accents mm. very well. So I could do an English accent very well because I always wanted to do one. And I was attracted to the English accent, so I'd always work on it. And when I met a person from England, I would grill them, you know, mm. speak to them for a long time and mimic them so that I could have this, you know, really easily and facilely. And so when I went to college and up in uh, Santa Cruz, you know, if they had an audition for a play, they needed an English accent or they needed a French accent. I would like, oh, man, I would just dust them, you know. And uh, it wouldn't have been the same probably at other colleges. But at that particular time and at that particular college, I could squeeze in. So then I could be in a play and not have to take the classes because the classes I find uh, weren't always so great uh, for pr- producing a professional because mm. uh, I don't know a ton of actors that came out of my school who had done a lot of classes, who then became professionals. I know a few, but and some notable ones, but um, most of them kind of went, mm. and I know why, because a lot of uh, acting training is mistakenly done by criticism. And this is very bad for actors that are starting out. It's very bad for people in training, because the arts have to do with originality, have to do with authenticity, and your point of view, not the teacher saying, well, I liked what you did, but I don't think you should have entered carrying, you know, with your arms going back and forth like that, which mm-hmm. then puts the actor's attention on the arms. And oh. then, and if he's really lucky under that kind of training, he gets to be a cookie cutter actor. He gets to be the actor that the teacher loves. That has been molded. That has been molded and that everybody in the school then acts like. Into a gingerbread man. Well, into a, into the, a gingerbread a, man. That yeah, does what the hell's sense. up with that, huh? <laughs> that um, does make a lot of sense yeah. because uh, 
it, it it puts you in your head then if they if they mold you into like you have to do and uh, probably the teacher is just trying to go off of what they've experienced from somebody else and somebody exactly. else. So yeah. it's, it's like it's this is infection. what I like. Yeah. It's like well we are nothing alike really as a person and now I'm supposed to do what you want what you were learning you know, yeah you were tra- yeah that makes so much sense and too. it also it also sort of suggests that there is a right way to do it there's a right way to play this character there's a right way to do this scene and that's not the way it is yeah that's you've explained art. that uh when we were doing our have uh, i bored sessions. you with this no. before no uh, when, no with no, our no. sessions well, nobody was listening in at the time which so. it was there's so Co- many different types sessions. of people who do impressions and different like some people do it where it's just like a little movement, uh, good enough so people know what they're doing. Mm. And then there's people that are like, which usually have to be trained from very young that can do it like dead on and uh, and really work on the voices. Right. And and that's if if that was taught in school, they would just be like, you have to do this one way. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people on SNL, they do it the, and they're really funny and they do the wear the outfit and they have like a catchphrase <laughs> and they do it good enough that's and right. that's great. You know, it's Not still fun. Not yeah. do it. Not yeah. gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. doesn't have to be perfect, which is uh, good to know. And that is something I got from you from your our little workshops. So yeah. you were listening, Anthony. Uh, there <laughs> was. Wow. wow. <laughs> so I'm very impressed. So you're in all these plays uh, in high school and and everything like that. So were you hooked? Were you like? Did you know yeah. at that moment you're like I'm going to pursue being an actor? I when did, was but I was I you? had a, a basic confusion or a, a, a conflict because I also like to draw and paint. Mm. Uh, oh, I was a yeah. cartoonist, and I was like the school cartoonist, you know, in, in junior high and high school, and then in in college I studied serious painting, and wow. which is what I always, as a little boy, I was like I want I want to be a painter, mm. and uh, <laughs> you know, these days. A painter, like, is that really a job anymore? <laughs> it's Who not, knows? It's not quite knows? the way, not quite yeah. the way it was in 1965. But it, it, it uh, is, it a is job kind of, now. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. But it's you know, it's it's very again, very ori- original, very dependent on the person's approach and what they want to do and how they want to build that their career. But um, anyway, so I had that kind of conflict going on: actor, painter, actor, painter, and I finally got that sorted out. And really, when I was in my 20s, and I moved to New York to pursue acting. On the way, I earned a living as an as an artist so i supported my acting pursuit oh, by wow. being a car- via art via, by being a cartoonist illustrator oh wow yeah and i designed uh my, my famous claim to fame is that by sheer luck i designed uh i was the key designer of cartoon characters for the original thundercats oh wow, wow. that's pretty wild that's, inc- that's it's a very big weird flex. in college no, not oh, in college, outside, in my twenties. Yeah, in your twenties. When I moved wow. to New York in 1985 or 83, I guess I, I, I about, love that show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a silly show, wonderful, and uh, it was a great opportunity. I worked for Rankin Bass, and I was the guy that designed all the secondary characters, all the vehicles and weapons and animals and weird things that came mm. into the show. That's so cool. Do you have those framed at home? They're all framed. I, there's that's no wall awesome. space left. No, I don't have any of them. Uh, <laughs> you, I got oh, a bunch of Xeroxes. You but should. That's, uh, that's quite really the decision cool. you would had, you had to make then, I suppose, because you were creating a television show. So you're like, am I going to do this acting thing? Am I going to do this? No, by that stri- time yeah. I decided. You know, I was yeah, like, you well, already you know, I'm just, paying, I'm just staying in New York mm-hmm. working but I'm getting into improv and I'm getting into commercials and uh, eventually the film and television. But yeah. so I was I was very clear on the path that I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew that uh, well, you got to work. You got to have a job. Job. Uh, I never had to be a waiter. I, I didn't really have to do any kind of real bullshit jobs. But I but I had this great you know I had a little again a little bit of a leg up because I could draw in many different styles almost wow. like, like I can vocally do things. That's in so styles. cool. You're so talented. I have these little so talents. Mu- I have these little. Well, you know, I, I, multifaceted. I, I was lucky. I had, I don't know. I spent my free time productively, I guess, as a little boy, and I did draw a lot. And when you develop that uh, hand-to-eye thing, and mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it sets you up well later. That's amazing. So speaking of later, fast forward. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Such a cool sound. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. I can train you. Um, <laughs> um, so fast forward. Um, so uh, when did you uh, get an agent? Like when was that moment for you? Like when did you, how did you agent. get an agent? 
Oh, and well. When did you start auditioning for things? Or yeah, in, in New York. When I, got to, when I got to New York, I started, like, I, was, I, I knew from my mom, uh, you know, growing up that you need an agent because you need auditions. And mm-hmm. you need lots of auditions so that, you know, maybe one day you'll get a job. So <laughs> uh, I sought to get an agent, and it took me quite a while in New York. Yeah. It's a project, you know, and uh, sometimes you get an agent and they're not the right agent or they're not quite as good. And I got a commercial agent first. And uh, in New York at that time, you could have multiple agents. I don't know if that's true anymore. Mm-hmm. But you could have like three commercial agents. Oh, wow. And and they would each feed you auditions. It's, it's Different it's boroughs. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Different boroughs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My Staten Island agent yeah. is very good. My Bronx <laughs> agent is not so good. <laughs> Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they would just like I don't know. They, and then eventually you would sign with one of them. So they were testing you, you were testing them, and eventually I signed with a very good one that helped me out quite a bit. Now on my theatrical side, I that was for voiceover. That the was one just you for just yeah commercials, voiceovers okay, and commercials. Okay. And uh, theatrical, I did, but, it, but it took me a couple years just to get a job. And I always, but I always had the the confidence and the, the faith in myself that I thought I know. A, I can get a voiceover career. I just, I just think I've got sure. a leg up on people. I think I've, I've put in my hours on this, you know. Um, and people used to say, and they still say it today. They go, "Well, all the voiceovers are done by the same ten guys," you know. So it's tough to break in. Mm. And I would hear that enough, and uh, you still hear it today, I think, and uh, maybe even truer than today. But I would think to myself, you know, I'm hearing this an awful lot. I'll bet it's just not true. Yeah, you it's can break in, things, right? It's one of those things that you hear everybody says. Right, 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 right. I, I doubt it. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah, everybody yeah. says it. It must be wrong. Yeah. Right. So I disagreed every time I heard that, and indeed, I just kept promoting. You know, promoting myself. I would like send tapes to people and send things to agents and continue to create that voiceover career. I mean, down to making, you know, my phone messages, uh, my outgoing phone machine that had little buttons on it. Oh, that's a it. good idea. Like they would call. Like a little show, man. Yeah. Maybe you're a 15-second show. That's great. And so that you know people would understand that I had that interest. Well, And you, you mentioned uh, your mom, too. She, she was a, a world-famous TV mom. Yeah, that's right. One of the most famous TV moms, part of the Happy Days. And I talked to you about that. You, you grew up on the set of Happy Days pretty much, right? Didn't well, you go I, there all the time? I went and, there quite often. Yeah, yeah, I went there as often as I could, particularly when I could drive when I was 16. Because the show started when I was like I don't know, 13. So I didn't, you know, couldn't go whenever I wanted oh, to. Oh, right, right. But I did visit. You know, she, talk, she took me to work sometimes. And I met those guys. I met Ron Howard when he was about 18. I met Henry Winkler when he was 22 or something. Oh, my God. An old wow. man. I thought, God, he's old. He's 22. Yeah, like, who's this old <sighs> who's timer? This old guy smoking on this. They could smoke in the sound stages back yeah. then. It's it's good advice coming from her then to, if, if for any kind of thing you needed probably. You know, like, he, he was like, how do you do this? And you're like, well, my mom gave me some advice, which is uh, so priceless to have somebody like that to help you out too and like give you that advice. It was true, and, and although she didn't like advise me so much, she sure. would show me by example, mm. which I think is even better because you just kind of absorb it because you go, oh, mom always did this. I noticed mom doing her lines while she was washing dishes. She would be rehearsing for an audition, and then it was prior to Happy Days, you know, when mm-hmm. she was a working actor like me, and I would see how she would make, she would, you know, uh, the kids, my, she raised two kids mm. more or less by herself, my Folks were divorced, so she was a single mom with two kids, my sister and I. And if she had an audition in the afternoon, we would come home from school. She would quickly make us something to eat, you know, and then she would take off oh my and leave us at home, and uh, you know, or maybe with a with a sitter and go and do and drive all the way to Hollywood, do her audition, and come back. Mm. So, uh, you know, you observe all that, and then when she became uh, a working like series regular, I observed that and that lifestyle. And that was confusing to me because this was a time when uh, there were three channels. Right, yeah, right. That's you know, right. And, and, uh, and that show gradually, gradually became a big hit. Mm. It didn't become a big hit overnight. It didn't become a big hit in the first season or even the second season. So it slowly ramped up, but then it became humongous. And everybody, you know, 15 million people, say, on Tuesday nights would watch it. Wow. And that's wow. How was it to have a a famous TV mom be your actual mom? That had to have been really like sh- like strange. Well, it in was some weird. Ways. It was weird. I mean, uh, because of course Marion Cunningham, which was the character she played, is very yeah. different from Marion Ross, who was my 
my mom. mom. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'd seen her, you know, build this career and struggle through. Mm-hmm. And I always knew her as more as a woman, not not a Marion Cunningham kind of stay-at-home mom who was happy and would cook and was, you know, sure. supportive and, and, and quirky and funny. And I mean, my mom is very, very funny, but in a completely different way. I knew her as a struggling kind of, kind of anxious person, mm. ambitious person, feisty, mischievous, kind of. She was like a sometimes like a, like a, a pesky older sister. <laughs> right. She would play pranks on me. Oh my gosh! And my sister that were like like whenever we would go to the beach, uh, and we would and my sister and I would you know. She would encourage us to build a, a sand castle or whatever, and then at some point she would tromp all over it. <laughs> oh my God! You know, to make us laugh. She's messing go, oh, with my you. God, you know. <laughs> and I remember one time she made she made me. <laughs> I swear I didn't imagine this. <laughs> she made me a picture of what I thought was punch. Would you like some punch? Red punch. You yeah. Know, like we used to have back in the day. And she poured me a glass of punch, and I. <laughs> oh my God! It was like like poster paint. Mom, <laughs> mom pranks. That's mom prank. Yeah, miss, uh, that's that's no. <laughs> she would stick oh. French fries in her nose at the restaurant. Just jokes around. <laughs> just to be like just a big, big, like, uh, big yeah. joke. And I and that's kind of how I raised my daughter. So. Yeah, yeah, and your daughter does she do? She's singing. She's she singing. Sings, she's yeah. uh, an audiobook narrator and wow. award-winning audiobook narrator. Taylor Meskimen. Uh, she's. I'm very proud of her. She's Keeping the family. Singer. Yeah, she's yeah. an artist through and through. And uh, you should have her on your show. Actually. We will. Yeah, we will. 100% and, we will. She's up and coming, yeah. That's, That's great. Amazing. Yeah, That's really of course cool. we will. Super cool. But enough about me. Yeah. <laughs> let's about talk my, about let's your talk show. Let's talk about my show. Yeah, enough yeah. about you. Now let's go to the show. Yeah, I've got a, uh, my Jim Pression show. You know, I've been doing one-man shows since since the 80s, and uh, it's a way for me to experiment with things, get in front of an audience, talk about, like, uh, stirring up work. You know, you're like an actor, and you, you're, like, yeah. not working. There's so much time where we wait Right, and right. We're right. like, oh my God, this is such. That's the toughest part, right? About yeah. being an actor is the waiting, yeah. and there's so much of it. Even when you get a job, you got to take action. You got to yeah. take action. So yeah. I've I've learned early on: do a one man show, put up a one man show, do whatever, create a character, do a play. And this is another thing I learned from my mom. She would always do plays in the hiatus, even though you know a play is a pain in the ass to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to work, you got to memorize. Nobody comes. Mm. Uh, you know, you eat up all this time. It's labor intensive for an actor. But it's the right thing to do because it keeps you ready. It convinces you again. Oh, I'm yeah. an actor. I, look at me. Obviously, here's an audience. Here's makeup. I'm an actor. You know, right. you can't escape. And it. and it's marketing, and you put yourself out there. You know, hundred so. percent. And so it gives you confidence. That you're working. You're doing things. You're not just like yeah. waiting for the next thing. And you're putting things in your own hands, which is great. Hundred percent. So that's why I do the Jim Pression Show, and this is the latest iteration. I've got a lot of songs in it. Uh, I've got a very overwhelming opening number with tons of impressions in it that I've struggled to learn, and I've <laughs> got it yeah. down now. And I've got a wonderful couple of musicians I'm working with, and I'm just trying to make it the most entertaining, crazy, fun, uh, impressions-packed uh, hour and a half that I, that I it's can. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's really amazing. And you have some shows, uh, the show coming up soon. Yeah, February, February 25th. 25th. Sunday, February, February. It's on a Sunday, you know. It's, a, it's early enough because it's a school night, right? So 7 p.m. at the Acting Center in uh, uh, what, uh, Sherman Oaks. That's All ages? Be. Can kids go? Yeah, you know, I think kids of about 10... 13 mm-hmm. will probably like it more. I mean, the references, frankly, are, are a bit dated, I would say, most of them. Well, I do a lot of people, a lot of people like Sir Ian McKellen, for example, who a lot of people know, but frankly, you know, <laughs> yeah, have to face yeah, the fact yeah. that he's oh, in he's his like, it's like he's in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're six, uh, yeah, you're yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Ronald <laughs> Reagan, you know, I do a lot of presidents. Yeah. George W. Bush, a lot of people don't remember or, oh, or remember that particular presidente. <laughs> yeah. I think the... the uh, <laughs> For, so we have uh, visual and uh, vocal, but your visual, like your face, turns into uh, the characters too, which it, it yeah, seems yeah. like that's important. Right. That's right. Well, it's it's adopting the viewpoint of yeah. that person. Sure, and you'd like to, at some way, become that fellow mm-hmm. and communicate and transmit his point of view. So it does affect the face and the the architecture of. But it does. I don't think my bones actually move. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, an illusion. that would be tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, the skin moves. Yeah. And you're, I did a uh, I did a, a deep fake video a few years ago where this uh, wonderful 
VFX artists in England helped me, and I did like you know 15 impressions. And uh, he subtly manipulated my face with the at that time very new deep fake technology, mm. and uh, to be you know, like Colin Firth and Tommy Lee Jones and different characters like that. And when you see it, it's just subtle little shifts in my eyes and nose. But you know it would involve architecturally yeah know, motion and change in the the bone structure which i cannot do hey most people you know you have to be uh some sort of robot to do something like change your whole face that's right like, so yeah. maybe elon musk is probably working on that right yes, now. yes yes uh, speaking of robots you were a robot in scooby-doo you that's played, right yeah. i was roby yeah. <laughs> roby yeah Yes. Uh, oh, I, I I remember the audition Roby for the that. Butler. Roby the Butler. Roby the Butler. And he was always very, very cheerful. Oh, that's Even right. when he was talking about disasters he'd created and was very yeah. sorry about. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Um, yeah, that was, that's amazing. Did you watch that, that show? Um, uh, I, watched, I watched some of it, yeah, yeah. as a kid, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I looked it up yesterday, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that was you. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I remember so auditioning cool. for that for uh, uh, Kelly Ward, who's an uh, animation director, and it became a really good friend of mine at, at Warner Brothers. And um, uh, God, it was like they sent me the script, and it was this, you know, a robot. And you think everyone kind of – you kind of get an idea what a robot sounds like, or you did back then. But I thought, you know, maybe he's like one of these cheerful guys that we see on at, at Disneyland sometimes. And, mm. you know, oh, like, yeah. And, that, and they just cracked up at the audition. I went, oh. Jeez, maybe that was the right choice. Do you uh, awesome. a, kind of sit back at a coffee place or, or wherever restaurant by yourself and observe people uh, just to get like different characters going that have nothing to do with like a celebrity impression? Seems Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, that's the stock and trade of actors. That's what we mm -hmm. love to do. We love to like learn things from other people. And I learned early on that that's my mom was always like that too. She was like, oh, look okay. at that person. Look at that. Look at that old guy. Look how he walks. Look at this person. You know, and, and it's beautiful. We learn mm -hmm. from one another. You know, part of the freedom of being an artist and being an actor is that you, you, you collect all these viewpoints. And there's a lot of freedom in that, you know, because you can experience life from all these different, literally, points of view mm -hmm. and understand more about life. And then you're, you're, you know, you're more alive. You have more fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, so uh, could you, do you mind demonstrating uh, how uh, coaching us right now to learn a voice, like some kind oh, of... Oh, you did that or is that... Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, we, we basically, it's, it's listening and copying. You know, we yeah. do that thing where you kind of listen and copy. This is kind of a drill that we do at the Acting Center, which is my wife's school in Sherman Oaks. Where oh, that's great. Where I'll be performing the Impression Show on February 25th at 7 p.m. So your wife owns that school or she runs she, that she school? She runs that school, yeah. Wow, yeah. She's one of the, one of the founders. We and should bring uh, her on here too. By golly, yeah. she bring the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah like everyone just have an offer. Do you I have a uh, reunion? Maybe we'll just come and interview everybody at the reunion because <laughs> <laughs> everyone could be interviewed. It sounds like. <laughs> so we can do a little copying drill where I make a make a sound yeah. and you just kind of copy it, and then so it involves a lot of listening and observing, right? So you can't be thinking about it, but you just kind of observe it, and then the minute you hear it, just copy it back. All right. So here we go. Now I'm going to make a sound. And you copy it. Here we oh. go. Oh. oh, oh, very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it goes. Here's another yeah. one. <laughs> Good. Boyga, 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 boyga. Good. Slapo, slapo. Good. Now, Maddie, I know you're not looking at me, so oh, sorry, try sorry, looking sorry. at me because you want to get the okay, full sorry. thing, okay? Because you can tell a lot by how my face okay, is going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> that was a tough one to move your the air. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Okay. 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 Yeah. This is. Th I mean, this I is hope what the we listeners do. are trying I'm this sure too. It's yeah, fun. Trying this at home. Yeah, yeah it's so really. You can't break anything. Yeah, it's really fun actually to just try to do little sounds. Let's try little words, just like one word. Excellent. 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 Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, you see. Excellent. The, the smile has everything to do with it, right? Yeah. It helps to create the sound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. Appaloosa. 
Appaloosa. <laughs> that one was tough because you had a smile into a frown. Ooh. Appaloosa. Appaloosa. I don't know. I, I don't even know how you did that. Appaloosa. <laughs> Appaloosa. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah, fun. It's fun. It's fun. Now, do you do this? Do you do, you do that exercises? Like, I mean, I know your family has to know all your exercises in the morning. <laughs> well, no. Do you wake up and you're like, Appaloosa. And they're <laughs> yeah, like, jeez, I'm just. Appaloosa. Like, oh, ah, dad's at it that's again. That's my word. <laughs> no, I do walk around talking to myself. I do walk around testing things out. And, and, you know, I get auditions during the day and they say, can you do this? I get a lot of like, we need a sound alike for this particular person. And can and often it's a celebrity. Often it's voice match. It's a voice match. Maybe it's somebody I've never heard of before. And they send me a little MP3 and I listen to it. And I usually tell right away whether it's in my wheelhouse or not. You know, um, mm-hmm. I get sometimes guys who are in their 20s. And I'm like, mm, you know, probably should get a younger guy to do this. <laughs> yeah. Or someone who has an extremely deep voice. And I'm like, mm, you get some guys with real deep voices that can handle that better without electronic augmentation so but you know there's a lot there in that middle ground of 40 to 80 you know <laughs> years old that I, yeah, different I voices I can, I can get in there you know i can tighten it up for 40 and and uh, loosen it up for 80 and, uh, and uh, accents whatever so i'm i'm always experimenting and uh looking at youtube copying things off of youtube you know well and, and uh as far as like social media you uh we've talked about how you like plug along and like yeah you're very, you have you're such very a big on presence there. on there yeah. very big presence people on, love you, know, you on there media. yeah yeah i got a lot of followers and uh, every now and then i run into someone in real life who goes i see you on social media like <laughs> I, I, that's cool yeah it was an interesting experiment because uh, i can go probably like you i can go weeks without anyone going hey i've seen you in blah blah right sometimes you go and like whoa everybody knows me sometimes you go for a long time and nobody knows you uh, i used to do commercials in in florida and everywhere i'd go in a certain town everybody was like oh my god you're well, the guy with the... that's funny and then i'd go anywhere else and people were like yeah please don't stand there <laughs> yeah yeah you know, so uh, so i'm used to that these little pockets of celebrity where i'm actually a, a recognizable person i went to see uh, jackson brown at the pantages theater oh my gosh within, how great is yeah, that by the way fantastic Whoa. and within five minutes i was recognized by three gentlemen for my social media Three gentlemen in their fifties or sixties, probably, which are which is Jackson Brown's key audience. Sure, you know, gray yeah, haired, gray-haired and balding people. Uh, but I realized, oh, Jackson Brown's audience is probably my audience too. There's an yeah. overlap in the Venn diagram. Do you like impressions? Do you like Jackson Brown? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're right in there. Oh, yeah. And so I began to promote to Jackson Brown fans on social media. I went, hashtag Jackson Brown. Let's see. Yeah, why not? And you know what? <laughs> Thanks. They love you. I made well, a lot of friends that way. Wow. That's, that's my crowd. That's so awesome. So it was interesting. It was a little little survey there, a little that's experiment. That's really do cool. You, did you have to do a Jackson Brown impression in order to get their love? Or I, No. No, they, no. They, they were just, there's an yeah. overlap. Like, oh, hey, I love your George. I saw you on Instagram. I saw you on YouTube. Yeah. And I am also a person who is here seeing Jackson Brown. So. Yeah, wow. yeah, we are both seeing Jackson Brown, and I've seen you, yeah. so let's uh, cheers to that. I yeah. was actually incarcerated with Jackson Brown. Dear God. As it, as it happens. Is this for real? Wait, yes. really? Yes, in 1981, oh I think. Oh, my gosh. I was part of a large group of people that were protesting a nuclear power plant in Diablo Canyon in San Luis Obispo. Oh, wow. wow. And, uh, you know, I was in my, my, my altruistic 20s, and I felt like something had to be done, man. And yeah. uh, so I was arrested along with, I don't know, a few hundred other people oh, and God. Jackson Brown. Oh, my God. And, we were in, and the men were all taken to uh, a college gymnasium up there. The <laughs> women all went to the uh, an actual prison. Oh, gosh. So bad, too bad for the ladies. But yeah. we went to a, a gymnasium, which was pretty cushy. <laughs> yeah, just pass and you a ball. You're out playing. Yeah, the, well, the women are like, yeah, help. The women are like, oh. clang, clang, clang with the oh, cups. And, and we had Jackson Brown. And Jackson Brown had a guitar, and we, no. had, we had concerts every night. No. So, oh my God. how long were you in there? Like all about week? a week. 
You're oh kidding God. me. Not a week. I they mean, put slept you in on, for a week? They put it, yeah. Well, until we were arraigned and uh, and released, catch and release. Oh, my God. we ate peanut butter sandwiches every day. Did you want to leave? I mean, Jackson Brown free concerts at, at a gymnasium. <laughs> I, was, I was torn. I yeah, was torn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's prison, but it's or it's jail, but yeah. it's also. I almost stabbed a guard just to stay. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 right. No, and no, then no, it's we, like, <laughs> well, we're ta- we'll keep you here, but Jackson has to leave. You're like, I didn't mean to <laughs> stab minute, you. Wait a minute. I didn't. I'm sorry. I'll take it back. That is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A week in the, what do they call it, the clink? Well, it was the gym. The week in the gym, yeah. <laughs> the week in the gym, yeah. Why I mean, you, we couldn't leave, so it was, was it just incarceration. Was so, so many people uh, that, why did they put you in the gym? I have no idea. I have no idea. Oh they, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people, and they were expecting more. I mean, more came in, they bust them in, and, uh, you know, it kind of went on for a while, and. As it as it turned out, there was something wrong with that power plant. There was yeah. there were some flaws in yeah, it, and uh, so I don't feel like a total idiot. But yeah, very. Uh, that's so crazy. Yeah, very interesting time. So and and Jackson Brown mentioned it. He, he didn't mention me. We didn't know each other. But sure. I, but I, I I sang along with him a lot, and I harmonized a lot, and I remember him glancing over at me. So I think, that's I think pretty he good. Was like, Somebody out there singing harmony, pretty good. Oh my gosh. Um, what an interesting, crazy, great story! It's been a crazy, crazy world and a crazy life. And, uh, <laughs> That's uh, wild. It's only, only, it's only <laughs> become more and more boring as time went on. But uh, anyway, great, great, wild stuff. Have you ever uh, uh, taken like a phone call from like some kind of uh, collect, not collections, maybe telemarketer, <laughs> like a telemarketer, and just w- was one of the voices? Or I know? have, yeah, I have yeah, done all really that great. stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> put them through their pages. Hello, what? You're like, hold on, I want to get my wife on the phone. <laughs> what you're saying is fascinating, fascinating to me. Tell me again about that offer from AT&T. I want to know the minutia. How many months? Uh, oh, my I... social security number is. <laughs> yeah. um, I got the card right here. Right. Hold on. Uh, oh, I dropped it. <laughs> so you were on America's Got Talent. Ah, I was. That's yeah. incredible. What was that experience like? Well, I was approached. I, I didn't know anything about the show. And, and a guy came to a conference. He was a, a producer, and he was looking for talent. And he came to a conference where I was doing a presentation and some voice. And he said, how would you like to be on America's Got Talent? And my, I didn't know about it, so I thought, well, it sounds like it's a, like a talent show, and I'm, I really am a pro. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 but that's okay. Comics go on and people go on. It's, you know, it's like a show. It's like promotion. Yeah. Um, boy, did you feel that? I, I kicked something. Wow, the Does whole this mess shook up? for a minute. Can you check this and see if I messed up his. Oh, I think I it's, I think it's ki- fine. The lens is still pointing in my direction. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, he said, no, it's, you know, it's okay. And so I went, all right, well, maybe this is a way to, to get out in front of people. Sure. So I, I, but I said, I don't want to wait in line and do the whole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not waiting in line. I ain't buddy. waiting for all these people waiting all day in this parking lot out in the sun. I'm, like, no, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Sure. So they said, well, you could submit videos. I'm like, okay, piece of cake, you know. So I did wind up going to a theater and doing a little, you know, I waited a couple hours and, and then did a little thing. And, uh, and then they sent me to Vegas where I waited for three days and then did not perform, but they sent oh, me to gosh. New York anyway. Uh, you know, the whole thing about those shows is, I, and I would not recommend uh, anyone, I would never recommend anybody to do America's Got Talent, frankly, uh, because even though it was, I did get some tremendous exposure, sure. but they treat you rather poorly. Mm. Uh, shabbily, I would say, shabbily, you know. Oh, they, gosh, they don't I'm sorry. They don't treat you kindly. And, you know, uh, it You're kind of fodder for that whole machine. We had a gentleman named uh, Seth Word come on. Yeah, and uh, he kind of was uh, hinting at that as well. He was on that show. Yes, yes. And, and probably only hinted at it because it's you're not really permitted contractually to disparage the show. Yeah, so I'm always just so I I, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw me in America's Got Talent prison. Yeah, he <laughs> he came up. I wind like, up in America's Got Talent gymnasium probably, and the girls would go to the prison. But anyway, he came up with all these like really clever uh, characters, like costumes. He was like. He was a peacock and a worm. Oh, and oh, uh, and, they, and somebody ripped him off. Heidi right? Klum. Yeah, Heidi Klum. Yeah. She did. She She did the exact this. same thing and didn't give him yeah. any credit. And, yeah, and he wasn't paid. Or, yeah, and she didn't even say, "Oh, I got this idea." But it's also weird to, to not say, "I got the idea" when everyone saw that you weird. got the idea from oh, something. Oh, no, it's so shabby. <laughs> that's so shabby. That is weird. Oh, okay. well, yeah. forget so, that. But, but I got to perform. I got to do what I wanted to do, which was not to win the contest. Which I had no interest in. Yeah. Because I had no interest in the prizes. Uh, you'd say, well, no, what about the million dollars? Like, okay, 
the million dollars is paid out over 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's 25 grand a year. Mm. Okay, that's nice. It is it's nice. Not, yeah. Anything you get too excited about. And then you they, they own you, you know. Or And then you get a room in Vegas. You get your own room in Vegas, which uh, I wasn't interested in. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to probably fill it. <laughs> you know? Sure. So I was like, yeah. well, but what I wanted to do is get in front of, you know, go to Radio it's City. good exposure. I want to go to Radio City. Smart. I want to be on that yeah, stage. Yeah. And I got there, and I performed for the 6,000 people in the room. 6,000 people That's in that room. That's incredible. And the television audience, which was in the millions. And, you know, it was, uh, that was an experience. And, it was, it, again, you want to prove to yourself that you can do things and handle things. And I, that's as close as I'll come in my field to being in the Olympics. Because yeah. it's like the clock is running. Everybody's looking at you. You have to do it right this time. That's right. That's right. It. Well, easily, if you wanted to prepare to, or you, you have prepared your whole life, uh, if you wanted to, I'm sure you could uh, find the ways to get your own Vegas show without them. Is, you know, you, I guess so. Yeah. You could, you do impressions. You you know, you if you wanted that path, you could have built that pretty easily. I bet. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah probably. So you wouldn't if I'd even that. need yeah. that room that yeah, they're I just, offering. I don't happen I bet, to like you know? Las Vegas. I think it's a scuzzy place. Yeah, I, I think most yeah, every time I, I go that. there, I feel I'm not like a I fan. Need to, yeah, yeah, I know. Ugh. Take a shower. Yeah, or something. take a shower. Most people feel that you wouldn't want to live there. It's so hot too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. What's like your favorite project you worked on that you just really was very fulfilling? And what's something that you worked on that you loved? Well, I, I always think of Apollo 13. Now, I was one of the mission controllers in Apollo 13. It wasn't a huge wow. part, but I worked for a month. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good run for it on a, on a show. I just got a nice residual today, as a matter of fact. Whoa. And, uh, hey. the, the movie with Tom Hanks? Yeah, the Tom Hanks That's movie. incredible. And... Uh, and Ron Howard directed. Ron Howard, uh, my friend Ron Howard directed. And I'll hear I'll do my Ron Howard impression. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been in five films that he's done. And, oh uh, wow! Apollo thirteen was uh, one of the best because I mean it's a, it's a really unique movie uh, about uh, you know it's different because mostly in movies you have the antag the antagonist and who is uh, some sort of evil genius or some mm -hmm. major criminal. In this movie, the the antagonist is the physical universe. It's uh, space and the vacuum of space and you know, uh, logistics and so forth. So I learned a lot on the shoot. I met a ton of people, including astronauts and former mission controllers. How cool is that? That's incredible. It was very cool. Of course that's, that's got to so be your cool. b favorite thing. I yeah. mean, that is great. Yeah. And, you know, it's a big movie. You know it's going to be a big movie. Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise, Kevin Bacon, the late Bill Paxton. Oh, wow. And you. Uh, and, and you. And me. <laughs> and a lot of voiceover actors were in that, were in Mission oh, Control. Wow. I met so many voiceover actors. Did, did Ron, so it seemed like you kind of had a, a good relationship with Ron Howard because yeah, you did. were in The Grinch as well. In The Grinch, yeah. That's uh, so cool. Like I said, five films and uh, haven't, yeah. nothing lately because he's sort of uh, moved up into the stratosphere and uh, I'm trying to catch up. But, uh, yeah, I, I met him, as I said, when I was yeah. early You've teens. You've known him and, a long time, I'm assuming. Yeah, assume since it. I was so 12 cool. or 13. And yeah. my, uh, my, my mother uh, also kind of solidified the friendship, I think, in a, in a causative way. I think she did it on purpose to try to, you know, hook me up with Ron Howard. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which was very sweet of her. Uh, and so she volunteered me. I think Ron said, do you think Jim would be interested in helping out on the weekends for this film I'm directing? Yes, on yes, my of own? <laughs> Oh, yes, Jim would love to do that. <laughs> Get Jim out of the house when he was 16. Yeah. So during a summer, I think, I would go on the weekends and help Ron and his family with this little movie they were doing uh, called uh, uh, Whatever Happened to Leo Green, or Did You Hear the One About Leo Green, something like that, that he wrote with... Um, another Happy Days writer, Jim Ritz. And it was a 16-millimeter film, and I was like, I was there to help set up lights and to wrap cable and to occasionally hold the boom or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's and, so cool. uh, And so, you know, I just did that as a, as a, a mitzvah, you know, just a thing to, to learn do. And to yeah. learn and to do that's it. That's so cool. And then years later, he sold that project. He never finished it because he got uh, Roger Corman handed him or he finagled uh, a couple of movies that one that he starred in one that he directed yeah he, he began directing for roger corman and so he had abandoned uh, uh, this film but later on he sold the script and sold the project and uh, i got a little check oh that's great which was very sweet so yeah and, and very that's really appreciated nice. so ron howard has always been a real and, and then ron howard would come he would come and see the improv show he would come and see my one-man show supportive in new york and uh 
uh, he's always been a, a very supportive guy. And that's I, I, awesome. a lot, I owe a lot to Mr. Ron. Yeah, Hall. I mean, you, five so cool. films, you worked with him. Yeah, he's yeah, kind I, of your brother in a weird way. Kind of my brother she, in a weird she way. She raised you two boys. He's my brother from a similar mother, you know. <laughs> That's Very amazing. Similar. Your mom, yeah. when yeah. I say she, your mom. And I knew his family. His his dad was great. His mom was great. I know Clint, his brother, and uh, yeah, it's uh, and he, and he's a sensational director. Mm-hmm. And I love the last movie I did with him was Frost Nixon, and I got to wow. really kind of watch him work with the different departments. And he he always describes his uh, philosophy of directing as being like a basketball coach, which he used to do. He used to coach his brother's basketball team. And I guess I don't. I'm not a basketball player, but I, he goes around to each player, and what that player needs is what you know he gives. And in as a director, whatever department he's working with, he knows how to talk to them to give them what they need, so that the result is we're all pulling in the same direction and we all score. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is great, and I've used that myself as a director. Well, that makes sense. Uh, just kind of moving, and what are you the best at? How are you going to benefit? Are you the hype man? Are you the positive person? Are you the, you know, whatever that means? And just find their their secret uh, yeah. powers and use those yeah. for the greater good. 100%. Great. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, um, that's great. That's really incredible. And under one minute, how would you describe what it takes to become a voice actor? You have to be very familiar with your own voice and your own capabilities. So record yourself a lot. Get very familiar with your voice so that you know what your product is and what you can do, what your sound is, and never fail to disagree with the idea that you can't be a voice actor. Look in other this. words, always believe in yourself. I love that. That's amazing. Look at this. And that was under one minute. My that was man. amazing. And, and I'll, I'll yield my time. And to, <laughs> that was amazing. And uh, just to kind of wrap up here, um, uh, what other advice would you give a voiceover actor? That was very good. That was very good advice. But what else would you say to a voice actor that's just starting out? What well, these you days, them? you know, if I'd had the social media possibilities back in the day when I was getting started, I would have just uh, done what I do now, which is feed daily. You know, YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, you're really and good about that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm afraid to stop now. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 helped me to get jobs of course, mm. and it's helped me to become known. But it's also helped me to uh, find out what can I do? What do people respond to? Uh, what do people agree I do well? I find out, oh, well, people think, oh, that one sucks. I go, okay, man, maybe I need to work on that one. Otherwise, <laughs> people are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm like, oh, really? Good, well, I'm going to do more of that. Sure. So it's a bit of a survey. And then, like these other things we've been talking about, you need to kind of boost your confidence by proving to yourself sometimes I am good at this, or, you know, I thought I was good at this, I, I, or I'm just interested in this. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have to find out, what am I really interested in? Uh, and it's often a path that nobody else is on, and that's what makes you unique. You know, and if you pursue and keep, you know, kind of digging that trench, if you will, and you find things, and, and you know, that's... That's what I've done. You know, so for example, I've really plumbed the depths of Patrick Stewart. Just out <laughs> of curiosity. <laughs> I recently read his book, and, um, you know, I created a rap number with him. Oh, and, my know, Lord. Learned all these things about him in sort of, um, you know, one day, I hope, he and I will appear <laughs> together on a set. You see how my whole posture has to change. Because totally. uh, yeah. you can't be Patrick Stewart and be slumped over like some hobo. <laughs> <laughs> hobo. That's so good. So uh, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us, you uh, bet. Jim. Well, it's, I really want to really let been people know about um, the Jim Impression show on yeah. February twenty fifth at seven p.m. And where can people <laughs> find where can people find you on social media? Oh, social media at Jim Impressions at Jim Impressions, like the show, and on YouTube, same thing at Jim Impressions, I think, or Jim Jim Meskiman. And yeah, I do uh, at least one or two videos a day up there. And uh, and then on uh, TikTok, it's I think it's Jim Jim Meskimen and yeah, uh, and that is Sunday, February twenty fifth at seven p.m. And you stream it, it as well, right? Yeah, I'm gonna try to stream it. Yeah, on, yeah. on Instagram and YouTube. And that's the, so this, cool. You can maybe then the QR code do is the there. QR code. Yeah, JimMeskimen.com. That's my website, JimMeskimen.com, and you can find out about the show there too. Yeah, that's exciting. Thank yeah, you we'll so be much. there. Yeah, we'll be there. Awesome. Or we'll definitely stream it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. You're the best, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maddie. Thanks for coming in. High five. 
High five. Yeah. High five. Thank you so You're much. You're the best. Look for me in Blue Man Group. You'll never see me, <laughs> yeah. but keep looking. Good old Blue Man Group. <laughs> yeah. You can hear him in Blue Man Group. <laughs> Do I hear something? Yeah. Yeah. Thank They're not you, supposed Jeff. to talk in Blue Man Group. <laughs> I want my money back. That fella spoke. He, he's just supposed to eat marshmallows. <laughs> cool. And we just need your social security number before you go. <laughs> okay. Don't don't mind. Mind. Let me just get the card out. I dropped it on the floor. Hold, hold on. <laughs> Giselle. Giselle. <laughs> It's not rocket science. All right, folks, we're entering back into the atmosphere. We're landing. And uh, that was an incredible interview with Jim Meskimen. Uh, be sure to check out his show, Jim Pressions, uh, February 25th. We'll put up the info here. And what'd you think, Anthony? It was Jim's fun, right? great. Yeah, he's uh, he taught us a bunch. He's a good man, but... You know what would be cool yeah. is uh, to kind of uh, acknowledge the fact that Chris is just sitting right to our, my right. Oh, right, uh, yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, sorry, I don't know what. what nice to see hey you. Guys. Did you like the Jim uh, uh, interview? Oh, it's great. I was cracking up the whole time. He's super funny. He can do all those voices. Very talented guy. You do a voice, at least. I do One. my voice. No, no, a voice. You <laughs> a do voice. an impression. David Lynch. David Lynch. That we, you're probably talking about David Lynch. I sure is. Filmmaker extraordinaire. Um, yeah. David That's Lynch really here. Good. Yeah. How you doing? Uh David um, Lynch uh did a bunch of fun movies. Some have sci fi theme. What do no, you No, we don't talk about Dune. <laughs> oh, we do God. not talk about that film. It's the one film everyone wants to talk about. But um I'm glad you saw it though. Thank you for the for the support. I didn't see it. Oh, but, uh, neither did I. Yeah. Well, I thing, love this guy. One thing's for certain: you have a nice-looking shirt. I do. Yeah, tell oh, us about I'm, this I'm shirt, be Chris. Again, yeah, be Chris yeah. again with so, the shirt. It looks nice. Yes, uh, this is a not rocket science shirt, as you can see, and I love it. It is comfortable. It's it's soft. It's surprisingly soft. I don't know if you guys want to touch it. Maybe you can touch the sleeve or something. But okay, yeah, you no, know, no, it, I don't it, touch. You ours. don't have to. Yep. <laughs> It, it fits really nice. Um, yeah. I like the the neck up here. Sometimes on t-shirts, like the neck for me at least gets all like way down here and like really weird looking. But it's just a nice. Comp- I don't know how you, what you call shirts, but it's just a well-made shirt. You don't think I like shirt the design? It's w- cool. It won't itch when you wear it. It right? does not itch at all. I yeah. mean, how I does just it make feel, you feel? Yeah, does it make you itch? I feel empowered wearing this shirt. I feel relaxed. I feel comfortable. I feel more confident. I feel a lot of Link things. Link in the all description positive. to get this shirt. Is it breathable? You feel breathing. It's incredibly breathable. I breathe better when I'm wearing this shirt. So you could wear that shirt technically on a jog or at a wedding. Yeah, I could wear it to a job <laughs> interview. I could wear it anywhere. Yep. Yeah. Jog, wedding, job interview, bar mitzvah, uh, reunion, The thing vacation. about these kind of shirts, uh, and then this is something you all should know, is there's only one shirt that you can wear to No, there's several. No, several no, no, no. Shirts. You're not hearing me. There's only one <laughs> brand or one vibe. It's the Not Rocket Science. You can wear it to any situation. If you go to a really fancy restaurant, they will not, I repeat, not make you put on a blazer if you have a Not Rocket Science uh, shirt. That's true. And That's if true. you're a it's doctor, been my experience. Some doctors use that when they're doing surgery, mm-hmm. so they don't even need their medical garbs. It's, yeah. it's very clean. You can perform an operation wearing this shirt. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and the stains from the operation <laughs> will not appear afterwards. Oh, That's been yeah, my it is finding clear, as well. Because it, it, these are stain-free shirts. And it's uh, waterproof. And waterproof. And if yep. you go swimming in a shirt like this, you know, the thing is, is it makes you faster than if you didn't have a shirt on, which is rare. Yep. You can and machine wash it with light colors. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The shirt will make you more handsome. Oh, yeah. Or, or or if you're not into being handsome, also more ugly. <laughs> the if shirt you want to be ugly, it can be. You, <laughs> this is the only, in this color in particular, this is the only color that a goth can actually wear that's it's not black. Because goths like black, but they accept this shirt as as one of their own. I've met yeah. so That's many goth people lately wearing this shirt. They just come up to me and they're like, "We love this yellow T-shirt you're wearing. Where can I get one?" And you can get one. And on... you shower in this shirt. You don't can. You? I do. Yeah. That's uh, the point. Link in the description to get the shirt. Uh, we have several different colors. Uh, you should get the shirt. Oh, speaking of Lincoln, because he said yeah. Lincoln. 
Abe Lincoln uh, wore. This is the first kind of shirt Abe Lincoln wore, not rocket science. He wore this is a shirt. His first T-shirt. Yeah, and he said four score and seven shirts ago, I wouldn't have had a shirt like this. And Didn't he was the very first guest on the Not Rocket Science podcast, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yes. Yeah. And then, the, and then he fell to this fatal thing the night of. So that was sad. <laughs> yep. He uh, actually wore this shirt the night that he was assassinated. Yep. Yeah. By Lee Harvey Oswald, right? Didn't he Lee <laughs> Harvey Oswald kill him? I believe yeah. so. You know, it was John Wilkes' mom. Um. <laughs> John Wilkes' mother. Anyway, uh, link in the description to get the shirt. If you love the podcast, please support it. And uh, Here's another thing. I just hate to interrupt about this shirt. Uh, <laughs> this is the only shirt that a dog and owner can both wear comfortably. It's true. It's true. I got a dog well, just to go with the shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, link in the description to get the shirt. And uh, we've learned a lot today. And uh, one thing I hate, I don't want to interrupt, <laughs> but this you is something are. very interesting that I have done a lot of research. Fish oh boy. in your aquarium do not wear shirts at all. That is a fact. Okay. But this T-shirt is the first pet fish shirt that p- fish can actually wear. So you buy this shirt in your size. You put it over your goldfish. If it's an extra large shirt, somehow it'll fit nicely on that yes. fish. So, um, and yeah. hate to interrupt one Keep more thing. Keep learning. No, I don't want to interrupt. But because learning, say, it's not what Anthony. It's not just the fabric that's comfortable. It's the cotton, and cotton brings you life. It's the fabric of life. They say that in commercials. And one thing about this shirt is even a giraffe could wear it with that long, old, stupid neck they have. Right, guys? Right. Dumb old giraffes wear shirts, and too. And that's our show. Thanks for watching. Subscribe. It's not rocket science. Not, not rocket science. Science. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not. 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 not rocket science. It's not rocket science.